Hey guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Polly podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. I've got Andy on the line. How are you doing, buddy? I'm all right, thanks, mate. You? Not too bad, not too bad. And today we have got, well, we've got rock royalty, metal royalty on the podcast. <laughs> Adam Gregory, how are you, sir? I've got a big head now, but yeah, great, thank you. Not bad. <laughs> I just thought, like, your head just got massively got bigger than I realised what you meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How's things? Yeah, all right. All right, actually. I mean, we're all going through um, tough times. Yeah. Um, I've just been I've just recovered from COVID myself. So, um, you know, myself sure. and wife and kids, we've all had it over the last sort of few weeks. Oh, so, yeah, we, we, we can feel the pain and we know it's real. Fucking hell, that's awful. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're feeling sort of better now and things, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we got away with it quite lightly compared to yeah. a lot of people. You know, it's, yeah. um, everyone, everyone deals with it differently, don't they? So. Yeah, for us, definitely. luckily, it was no more than a, a mild cold, but uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people had it, yeah, much worse. But anyway, we move on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, Bloodstock Festival. I can't lie, my favourite festival in the UK, and I'm not just Mine saying too. that. It's, 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 um, yeah. So, thanks for that, by the way. You do a bloody good job. Um, well, it's not just us. It's you know, it's no festival without the fans, is there? And all the people that work behind the scenes. So. Very, very true. Doing a, doing a good thing. Very, very, very true. Um, how did it start? Obviously, we were celebrating 20 years this year. Or, yeah. Well, would have been this year. And then, obviously, because of COVID and shit. But, um, yeah. How did it start? How did it come about? Of all places. Um, my dad, at the time, um, back in early 2000, was just moaning in the pub, um, sitting opposite the assembly rooms in Derby with a few mates, saying there was nowhere to go to sort of listen to rock and metal download didn't exist at that time monster rock finished other than than you know the local shows that bands were doing there was no collective of events if, if you like at the time so i think one of his friends just turned and said well, why don't you do one and he literally just stood up his tail went right i will walked over to the assembly room we just booked the venue for the following year and it was it, <laughs> that was it you know no idea at all what he was doing yeah. um you know, I don't, I don't think we've got much of more of an idea now what we're doing, to be honest, but we just wing it and get away with it. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. That's they, it, yeah. they say no good story starts with a salad, don't they? So that's definitely uh, that's definitely a good story that starts with a beer there. Yeah, got to be there. Got to be there. But yeah, he's, 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 he's one, with him being an artist, he's just one of those people that, you know, just goes with the flow. So he's, he's not one for thinking about things. He just has an idea and that's it. He runs with it and, uh, you know, sink or swim. Mm, so definitely. I was going to say, um, your dad obviously um, massively huge artist in his own right. What, what? Um, just for people at home, what um, uh, um, albums and stuff has done? Because I know obviously every year you have the um, the Ram yeah. Gallery, which is a great piece of um, infrastructure at Bloodstock. I absolutely love it. Um, so, what, what albums and stuff has he done in the past? Just for people who don't know, well, his main, main um, sort of gallery of artwork is all Lord of the Rings focused. I mean, he's forty plus years doing Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, and all, all the sort of scenes from the books. He's never actually seen the films, but all his, artwork, <laughs> his, his artwork is purely from his imagination, which is great. Wow. Uh, he won't watch the films either because he doesn't want people to think that he's being influenced in any way. Yeah. So, you know, he's, hopefully you'll see them one day, but not yet. But no, he's done, he's done, God, it must be 14, 15, maybe more Saxon albums, I think now. Um, yeah. He's done quite a few from Molly Hatchet, Uriah Heat, a few for Dio. Um, it, yeah, it's loads, loads. So, so you're safe to say you had metal in the blood from when you were born then? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it, used, it used to be really cool when we were younger, because I always remember, you know, we had um, this sort of modded up, souped up transit van turning up, and it was sort yeah. of Biff and the boys from Saxon, we'd sort of come down to the studio now again, sort of have a chat with them and have a look at the artwork, and that was, you know, super surreal. Mm, you know, definitely. You've got these, these metal stars coming to the house, it was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome cool. that's so cool um, so yeah we mentioned obviously 20 years of Bloodstock um, I'm just going to throw a couple of just sort of um, random sort of questions out there what was, what, if you had to pick what is your favourite lineup in the last 20 years um, I think I think I think I think I think I think it's got to be probably it's got to be 2010 2011 Motad. Yeah, I think, oh, fantastic. You know, the last the last sort of big show for Lemmy in the UK, um, mm. you know, before his, his sort of sad passing. You know, that was that was a, a great year, sort of go see him in the flesh and, and the band. Um, as far as, as shows, 
let's say Parkway Drive last year were were immense. Yes. As a stage show, lit the place up. Yeah, I wasn't there last year, but it, uh, I've, I've obviously seen the set, and it's it's like I think even Ramstein would be like, right, calm down, lads, with the fire, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's absolutely like amazing. And I saw a uh, headline second stage of download, and it was just yeah. like it was they they are like amazing. They're like shooting up and like yeah, I mean yeah, they, they deliver. It. They deliver. I mean it's the first time we've had flames off the top of the stage. You know, normally you get <laughs> Uh, yeah, above the scrims each uh, each side, there was there was big flames coming off there as well. It was the first time we've done that, so uh, yeah, great great presence and a great show. Love, love the band, absolutely love. It. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, I know you guys got a bit of shtick for uh, for booking them, but fair fair play because when as a punter, obviously I love that <clears> band anyway. But there was in the mosh pit, and every single person had a grin on their face. Whether yeah. they were singing or dancing, everyone was just happy to be, you know, because they are, in my opinion, just really feel good metal anyway. You know, they're really yeah. good, uplifting songs, and they're just they're heavy and they're great. And you know, Winston's a great guy, and just they're just a really good bunch of lads. Um, so yeah, what, how important do you think it is to bring uh, the likes of new bands through? Because obviously you've done it with Parkway uh, and Monomath. Obviously, Monomath not being a new band, but in terms of headline status as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something we we take. Um, really seriously, mm. you know, we, we've, we've done it with umpteen bands, you know, Ghost and Kajira and you know lots of yeah. other bands. We put them in that headline spot because they deserve to be there. You know, yeah, let's, let's not kid ourselves and say that they don't. But you can't always do what's safe. You know, and you know, we're not a PLC; we're family-owned. It's very much for us about delivering a great lineup and and sort of bringing forward that next tier of, of headliners. Because if we don't, who will? Yeah, you know, it's, we've seen so many bands over the last five, six years that have sort of hung the mics up and said, you know, that's it, we're calling it a day, through through one reason or another. And we've got to find those those next level headliners, you know. And, and this is the whole concept around Metal for the Masses that yeah, we've run definitely. for a few years. You know, again, it's it's all about sort of cultivating and helping, and you know, wherever possible, showcasing new talent. So yeah, it's it's life life and soul of the event, I think. Yeah, definitely. I say I'm going to get onto metal to the masses in a, in a second, but I just wanted to ask. <laughs> this is going to sound a funny question. Um, at what moment did you have a sense of relief after the mini hurricane that hit the festival? Uh, just for um, because fair play to manage to get that <laughs> that turned around as quickly as you did. Because for as a punter, it looked a little bit touch and go in places. How um was. scary was that for you guys? I mean, it was. I mean, the thing is that that day we we you know. Think about what actually happened over the weekend with with the weather, and it was it was crap. Um, no band was cancelled to the fact that they couldn't play on the weekend. So you know, even Cradle Fields, we moved to the Sunday, and then we we sort of said to the fans on the socials on the Sunday, look, anybody's got a Saturday ticket for Cradle, you're welcome back on the Sunday, no charge. So it, you know, it, it's one of those things we had to work with. Um, it, it wasn't really until probably ten minutes before Partway went on that we knew Partway were going on. Yeah, and we, we we couldn't have the screens on uh, for obvious reasons because they were starting to sort of sway yeah. as big sales, and it was a shame because I really wanted the screens up for for the partway set, but we couldn't do that, um, and and that's testament to the crew. You know, mm. we've got an immense, you know, immensely talented and and sort of hardworking crew that sort of pulled that out because nobody sort of gave up and said, all right, that's it, come on, we need to go and and you know call it a day now. Never mind. Everybody was now, come, on, we can do this. We can get this on. So we were we were weather watching. We were forecast, you know, checking the forecast. We knew what weather was coming, and we knew the winds were dropping. Mm. Um, and it was literally right. You know, we're at a level now where we can safely put it on. But what we felt was important as well was keeping the fans informed. Yeah, of so course. I think myself and Vicky went for a walk around in the audience outside the front stage. Yeah, know, just and just chatted and and sort of were open to them. And and everybody, I've got to say, was was brilliant. Fans I think that's true. Were great. Yeah, it's extremely important, to, I think, to be open and honest, because I've been to uh, gigs before where people don't know what's going on, and, like, you know, they're just not getting any word at all. Uh, my brother was actually at the famous um, Guns N' Roses gig where Axl Rose didn't get a lamb shank in Newcastle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's and he was there, and he said, like, he goes, it was awful. He goes, it just nobody knew what was going on and things. And it's like, you know, so I think keeping the fans informed, I think that's paramount. Because I think you, sh- you can trust the fans. 
I think it's really important to put your trust in them and they're not going to kick off. Yeah. If you're honest with them, they're right, cool. It's better than not knowing. I think if you don't know, then it's, yeah. then I think people are going to start, there's going to be rumours, people are no. going to be on Facebook and saying, oh, so-and-so said on Twitter, you know, yeah. it's been cancelled, I'll get my mum and dad to pick me up and then it just, yeah, so being honest, it's I think. You're right, you know, it's, it's hearsay sort of takes over and at that point you've lost control. You know, yeah. you, you, we're putting on a live show, as, as many other people are across the year putting on live shows, and it's important that everybody realises things can go wrong. You know, we've, we've had it with power outages, we've had it with stage getting hit by lightning. You know, we've, we've had all sorts over the years. But as long as you, you, you're honest and you're up front, you know, touch wood, we've, we've been very lucky with, with any incidents that we've had that we've not had to stop, stop the shows as such. Uh, I think we had to call it one year um, when... Somebody decided to throw a gobstopper at a cradle of filth uh, one year, which, and, and that kind of put a stop to the show because one of the band members got injured, which was you know, a stupid thing to do. Not but funny, kids. Not funny. But you know, other than that, I've got to say, fans, as long as you, as you just said, you know, rightly so, you tell them what's going on, they'll work with you, and that's great. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, have you? Ha- what is so? What is the most? outrageous thing that you've seen at a festival both so both front of house in terms of what we lot get up to out there and what you see behind the scenes you haven't got to mention any names you don't need if you can't <laughs> front, front of house is always a tough one because no matter what you see one year it, it gets out <laughs> the following year you know I don't know whether I'm sort of make this away thinking I'm going to beat that next year but we had, I mean, we, had a, we had a guy he was probably he must have been best by 18 20 stone in a wheelchair crowd surfing was that the suicidal tendency one? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. That happened was... in that in the tent as well. Mm. But the yeah, first yeah. time we saw it, the guy was was I think it was the year before, okay. and he came over main stage. I you know, it's somebody actually still sitting in the wheelchair coming over the barrier. <laughs> right, um, you know, in the outfits that people wear, and it's it, the whole thing is just great. The fact that people invest themselves so much within a weekend, mm. you know, for for something that. We look at it as a as a day job and as a job and something we put on that means so much to so many people. So you know, it's it's really cool to see people sort of making that, that, that effort to do something. Like that. Yeah. Um, backstage, I it wasn't a bloodstock. It was at another festival where I did see a band commandeer uh, the entire towel set for the entire event from every dressing room to muddy to walk from the dressing room to the stage. But they didn't get the feet mud on the feet, and oh, no other wow. band that, that day. Had Thirty seconds to Mars, man. Like, what did you <laughs> it wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. No, but, I don't know. I, don't know I, can't, I can't remember actually who it was. Actually, now. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some there's some bizarre things that do happen. Oh, for sure. You met, you mentioned <laughs> um, metal to the masses. Um, obviously. In in my sort of opinion, I think that is your your staple because that's what makes, uh, in my opinion, Bloodstock great. Because obviously you have your main stage, you have your headliners and all a uh, fantastic undercard. Sophie stage is always great, but that is where you the Sophie stage is. Oh, Sophie stage the um, Mel to the masses is really where you find the gems, if you like, the the diamonds in the rough that become the headliners of tomorrow, like you say. So uh, yeah. yeah, just sort of talk a little bit about that if you can. Well, that was uh, originally again. That was Paul Paul Gregory's passion. You know, he's he's very much a fan of, of bringing through new talent, not just in music but in artwork and everything else that he's doing. He's, he's that way inclined, and it's 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 very difficult if you look at what's around nowadays or has been for the last ten fifteen years. You know, all of these music talent searches and shows. You know, Simon Cowell quick wins, if you like, yeah. are all focusing around popular mm. you know, pop music. You know, and, and it's auto-tuned crap that, that, you know, a cat could sing better than, than, than most of these people. And it's, it's, with metal, you've got actual real musicians and real singers and vocalists, and, and there's a real talent there. Yeah, you know, they're, they're doing their own material, it's unique, it's different, and they're daring with it. Um, and, and I think as an art form, it's, it's something that gets very, very little support in the UK. So, you know, Paul's desire was, was to make something that was transparent, and that's where Simon Hall came in, because Simon looks after Mac the Masters and has done for 12 years now, I think, uh, if not longer. Um, and the whole the whole mindset behind that was is it's got to be free for the bands. There can't be any, um, you actually have to sell X amount of tickets, you're not allowed to pay. All the band has to do, turn up, perform, that's it. 
yeah, there's no no more pull on them than that. You know, and at, at that, the winners then we we sort of give them over the weekend plenty of opportunities to get themselves seen. So by press and labels and management and everybody else, it's down to the bands to sell themselves. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's there was it Conjurer who came through Metal to the Masses? Yeah. And they're, they're obviously on the main stage this year on the Saturday. Yeah. So it just goes to show you, obviously, like the hard work you put in, you, you get that back like over and over yeah. again. And I think it's, yeah, that's, it's, yeah. that's really good. It doesn't happen overnight. No one's going to pretend that it does. You know, it's it's like anything. You know, if one turns around and says, it, you know, you're an overnight success or a 20-year overnight success. But it's, you know, if you put the effort in and you put the workload in, sometimes it, it for whatever reason, the stars don't align, it won't work. But... You know, a lot of the time, if the, if the workload's there and the commitment's there and, and the willingness to listen and, and develop is there from the individuals, yeah, of course it can work. We've had bands that have gone through Metal to the Massive that have gone through four, five, six times. And eventually they've got through because they've got better and better and better. Um, because the talent pool, I've got to say, is super high across the UK for, for Metal. It really is. You know, and Simon and, and the rest of the team that do the voting, along with the, with the promoters and the venues, they've got a tough job. Because there's there's no crap bands out there. I mean, there probably is, but there's no metal bands that we've seen that are you could say they're piss poor. You know, most of them have really excelled. It's a tough choice then when you have to sort of whittle that down to kind of one or two on a venue evening to sort of make them go through because you could easily put most of the bands through. It's it. I always think that metal. Um... Obviously, rock is, is hard. Is playing instruments is difficult. I don't play guitars and all that. But like to be able to play metal and then appeal to people is literally the hardest genre in the game. You know, because like you know, yeah. like, first of all, you've got to be technically ability to play. Then you've got to find four friends who are into the same thing as you and want to like do it. And then obviously, you've got to put yourself out there to the majority of people who don't really care. I, Apart from us, you know, like the the metal fans, you know, so it's so and difficult. And it's finding something as well that's unique. You know, it's finding a USP that's different to mm. set yourself aside from from all the other bands. You know, yeah. and, and uh, I think, and, and that's why when you look at metal, there's such a big diversity within the different genres of sort of subgenres within it, mm. because everybody's daring to be different. You know, and, and finding different things, and I think that's that's a cool, a really cool thing. And and you don't get that with most of the genres of music. I think it's really strange that um, people on the outside... Well, I don't think it's strange. People on the outside look at us as metalheads and, and all the rest of it and go, oh, you're big and scary. But once you get past that kind of illusion, we are the biggest family. And, like, we all have beards. Well, I don't, but, you know, like, beard and tattoos and all the rest of it and look a bit tough. And, but we're all just, like, you know, we're all just, you know, the biggest family and everyone respects each other. And I think Bloodstock is the a culmination of that, to be honest, because... We're, we're quite fortunate. I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, Showsack, who do our security for us, you know, they do, they're an industry standard, they do they do a lot of shows up and down the country, from, you know, lots of different festivals. And a lot of the staff that work at Bloodstock have been working at Bloodstock for many, many years because yeah. it's the one event they all desperately want to do. Because it's an easy show for them. Yeah. You know, the, the fans are respectful, they, you know, they're compliant in the main, they get along, there's very, very little trouble, which is brilliant. Um, you know, and, and I think there's been a lot of great friendships formed with a lot of the, the sort of security staff and, and the general staff of, of, the, of the site with the fans over the years. You know, there's Alan who looks after the bars. He knows a lot of fans that come in by name and knows what they drink and everything else. He's been with us years. They've been with us years. And it's great to see those friendships develop, which I don't think you can get at any other or most other sort of big, big sort of festivals. Yeah, as like a, as a parent... Um... My daughter's 16 now, but she's been going to gigs since she was eight years old. And sure. uh, the first gig we took her to was uh, Motley Crue. So, you know, we took her in like nice and easy there. It was still yeah. Panther and Motley Crue. So. <laughs> but, like, when we take her to festivals, like she says, um, the first festival was at nine years old. And um, yeah. as soon as she said she walked on site, she was like, it just felt like I was at home. And this is like a nine-year-old girl, and yeah. like you know, she's still the same. She absolutely loves her metal. Like she still comes to festivals and stuff with us now, and she yeah. absolutely loves it. And she always gets like what Matt said about um, about finding people who are like you. And she finds it really hard to find yeah. people like her because she loves. She's a brilliant singer. She looks. Yeah. She plays bass, and she wants to find a band. But it's finding the right people because <clears throat> all the bands they want to, they go, "Oh, can you do a U two cover? Can you do this cover?" Can you? And she goes, "All right. Well, would you mind if we do some originals?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, no, we just want to do this." And their dad's managing them, yeah. and my daughter's like tearing her hair out and stuff. Like you know, she's the sort of girl. As soon as she left school, 
uh, this year. She got she dyed her hair green and got a nose pierced. Um, she turned seventeen next week, and then like next year when she turns eighteen on her birthday, we're all getting matching tattoos. I'm quite lucky that I've got like a, a cool daughter like that. But yeah, it's it's so true. Like you know, but that that yeah. family feeling I think is something that cannot be replicated in anything I can think of. Um, it's amazing. I mean, my daughters have been going since they were one, you know, and obviously it's, it's a slightly different because they're not kind of out front all the time, but I, you know, I happily leave them, I mean, one of them's 20 now and the other one's uh, 14. They, they go off with the mum and they'll have a walk around, disappear for a few hours out. I don't worry at all, you know, because I know that everybody's out there for the same reason. They're out there for great music and just have a great time. There's no egos. There's no, there's no attitudes. You know, you're always going to get the odd one, but in the main don't get it and that's, that's that's fantastic to see and I think that's yeah. that's testament to the audience to the fans you know, yeah, definitely. Cool. I remember we were just we just finished watching Slipknot a download in 2013, and some lads swore or something. And this other guy went, "Oh, don't there's a little girl there?" And I said, "You've just heard Slipknot saying I want to slit your throat and fuck the wound." I think you saying shit or something is is okay, you know. But honestly, the amount of respect she gets, like um, now she's older, it's like be a bit different. I'm I'm actually more protective of her now at yeah. 16 than I was like when she was there. But people would be like amazing around it's like there was like a force field around her as she walked through like because people would be like you know be careful and stuff like that and i've been to yeah. other places like um i'm a big football fan but people seem to i'm not doing like obviously put a thing on football because i love football but people don't seem to pay as much attention to those around them as they do in, in gigs and they're always like oh you know do you want to do you want to um do you want to move over here so you can put her on the shoulder and then you're not blocking anyone's view behind them like yeah cool and they're always brilliant with her so it's uh it's fantastic that's that whole misconception that people have around metal. You know, it's it's got that sort of. I mean, I, I deal with a lot of the sponsors. You know, and a lot of the sponsors over the years, when you're sort of engaging with them, as soon as you say they say what kind of music is it, you tell them they go, "Ooh, I don't know." Ooh, that's not really us. That it's like what? What? Sorry. So you've got a brand, and it's not really you because people listen to a certain type of music. I said we're not rappers on about you know popping caps or or you know, smacking my bitches up or anything else like that. You know, we're, we're actually singing quite intellectual songs. They yeah. might have aggressive lyrics, they might have aggressive tones aggressive tone behind them, but the people involved within those events are very intelligent, very articulate, very polite, everyday people that you would, you would be honoured to have as friends. Yeah. So, so it's not that mentality that people tend to sort of associate with us, unfortunately. It's, it. it's a hard one sometimes to get past. It is. I had a friend recently. He asked us on uh, Facebook, "Anyone got any good recommendations?" And he likes his seventies, sixties, eighties music. So yeah. I was like, "I want to go for a punt. I'm going to say Ghost." So I, I, said, I said, "Try Ghost out." He's like, "Oh, I don't like that screaming shit you like." And it's like you haven't even. He didn't even look at Ghost, but he just sort of <laughs> thought, "There's Andy with his like, you know, yeah. you know, his tattoos and the beards and the band t-shirts and stuff like that." He's obviously like, you know, not going to, uh, you know, can't, you know recommend anything like you know i do think about my audience i didn't just go you know listen to cannibal corpse you know i went in and said you know yeah. i know he likes 70s music and 80s music and I, I this would be a good band i genuinely think you like it and it's uh yeah he just wouldn't give it a time of day and it's it's really frustrating because it's like people just want to listen to radio stuff and they yeah. you know and it's like even if it's like watered down rock you know they're not going to listen to anything new and it's like no. it's it's frustrating especially when you do try and like recommend it to someone's taste you're going like maybe just a bit outside of what you like but give it a try yeah. so i used to hate music where people screamed hated it and then like you know as everyone does i think i started with slipknot and then i went on and on and on and then like you know now it's like mom's like how can you understand it it's like quite easily actually it's it's funny it's just it just clicks one day and that's it but yeah very, I, I think i think i think that you know the metal music is extremely emotional which, which and it, you know, it 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 creates those those emotions and feelings and and um, sort of sort of desires, if you like, within its fans. And I don't think there's there's many music genres that kind of do the same thing, you know. And it, it is it is something I think that you know, new people, if they allow themselves, they're not going to like all of it because it's it's so split within its genres, as we've already said. But there's a lot within that that actually they could get on with. It. You know what? This is really cool, and there's a time and a place in some in some people's worlds to listen to that type of music. You know, a good friend of mine I worked with for many years who does who, will who now looks after our VIP area. When I first met him, and he knew that I was into metal, and we just started just started Woodstock in 2001. This was about 2001, 2002. I asked him to come and help me for, for you know volunteer for a bit. He said, "Ah, oh, mate, I can't do that. I can't be you know all this growly, screaming crap." He was into you know all of these sort of hip hop and, and dance stuff and everything else. 
he's now one of one of my. He knows more about metal than I do. <laughs> you know, he's completely embroiled himself within it. He's, he's finding new bands all the time. Absolutely loves it. You know, and it's, it's great to see that when people do give it that chance, they they can discover something quite cool. Yeah, I definitely. Say, I um I would urge anyone and everyone to give Bloodstock a chance because as a fan of uh, music, uh, of rock music and metal music, Bloodstock always has that harder edge in terms of the bands you book. You know, so obviously you wouldn't see, for example, Behemoth headlining Download. You might eventually, you know, don't get me wrong, they're a big band, but like, you know, black metal and that kind of stuff on that, you know, the front first. So I always sort of looked and gone, oh, that looks fun, but also it was a bit scared. And then I went in 2017, and I've obviously been every year subsequent to that. And both logistically, it's the best and the easiest festival no matter like come rain or shine and even when it does rain it's like i put the only the only thing and obviously i know you spoke about in the live stream addressing the um the pathway for the car park that that tiny where that tiny little ridgy bit where it's like a little bit uneven <laughs> that is about as much effort as you have to put in when at the that's festival not been is it not been that's done been, oh fantastic yeah, that's stuff been done. That's ready. oh fantastic so, stuff yeah that's we know yeah, you're right. I mean, the thing is, we're, we're fans ourselves, you know, and we don't, we don't kind of sit behind a desk somewhere and just somebody give me numbers all, you know, all day. We're out there, we walk around, we do the walk, the campsites, myself and Rachel do. You know, we're, we're, we're sort of touching every part of the event across the whole event itself and in the build-up and in the breakdown. So, you know, we want to make sure that, that the fans get what they pay for and get the experience that they expect. You know, if something doesn't work or something's not working, we want to know about it then, not after the weekend. Because the chances yeah, are we'll probably fix it then, you know, rather than kind of wait, you know. So the one that catches us out a lot is that is um, is generally kind of VIP, oh, really? uh, where you 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 have a footprint. There's a mathematical mm. footprint that you work out with um, how many people and and the size mm. of your, your areas, etc. And no matter how big we make it every year, we have to make it bigger on the weekend because people end up bringing little villas. So. <laughs> 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 They, they make they do they do create create some headaches, but it's you know it, it's a hard one because you sort of say, well, look, there's your footprint. You need to kind of take down sixty percent of your structure. Yeah, we don't do that. We sort of try and look to ways of, of maximising it, but we you know we do desperately ask people to try and stick to the measurements. But you know, it's mm-hmm. one of those things you've got to think on the fly. You've got to be able to work and and, and sort of manage with the team around you that, that you can you can sort of problem solve on the go. I was going to say one thing that um. They you you guys shared on your Facebook page uh, shortly after last year's festival the um the footprint that was left or lack of footprint should I say left by the by the um by the punters in terms of rubbish and things was astounding to see it was absolutely wonderful because although you know uh, you wouldn't believe it when you're walking through Midgard at two a.m. you know that those <laughs> those, uh, those people could be that clear you know like <laughs> what did it for me about four years ago and it was the first time on a Monday I'd actually gone into the campsite because normally yeah. I go down. I'm sort of doing a lot of stuff around the staging and backstage, and I hit the campsites probably Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Well, by that time, the cleaners have been in, and, and they've done quite a bit. But I went down on the Monday morning, as well, probably about 11, 12 o'clock, as everyone was clearing out. And it was, to me, I, I, I said to the security guard, Lee was there, I said, yeah, what's happened? I thought there'd been some form of riot or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, he, and he went, no, oh, this is normal. I went, yeah. what? And I, I couldn't believe that the mess that it was, yeah. you know, that the fact that literally people had just abandoned everything walks off so yeah we you know we, we sort of took um a lot of guidance from the aif and working with people like coca-cola last year and, and and other people as well and the site teams and the fans i have to say were amazing you know we sort of give them the opportunity to, to sort of be part of the, part of the solution they're up for 100 percent you know and the, the difference year on year was was amazing still a lot of work to do don't get me wrong yeah, for sure. but that that sort of stepping stone from from sort of 18 to 19 in the in how clean everybody left it by comparison was, was amazing. You know, and if we can repeat that kind of step stepping stone again, wow, you know, incredible. As I say, a lot of obviously it's a lot of um talk of uh keeping the planet safe and things like that. Obviously you guys spoke about um the Coca Cola thing you brought in last year, uh, and sort of <laughs> eco cups and things like that. Is that gonna continue and move forward next year? We'd like it to. Uh, yeah. you know the big the, the big issue at the minute as we know is is the virus, it's COVID. Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, and we've, we've got to sort of take guidance really for 2021 with 
what the legislation's saying. You know, mm-hmm. so at the moment where you know we've been able to sort of wash cups, you know, last year and and we've oh, recycled course, those, yeah. that might not be something we can do next year. It might have to be disposables yeah, purely sure. because of the virus. So we're, we're waiting to see um, what we're what we're enforced to do. We've got to do what, what's right for the fans at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and it's all about safety at the moment. That's that's the paramount. If we have to get put back, you know, 12, 18 months, twenty four months to sort of get over the virus completely, um, in our green approach, as much as we'll try and be green everywhere else, yeah. there might be certain concessions that we have to make, you know, to sort of compromise accordingly. So we're we're watching things at the moment to see how they develop, but we've, we've got a long way to go yet. See that didn't yeah, even, that didn't even cross my mind to be honest with you. The, like you say, because of obviously COVID, I was thinking more. You know, my as a punter, I guess the first thought is, is it going to happen? And obviously, that's a crystal ball moment, and obviously we're all hoping the vaccine's going to, you know, come along and which they're testing and stuff at the moment. It's going to do the job, and hopefully yeah, I mean, we'll get it done. You know, we're 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 wide into a lot of the events across the UK. Mm-hmm. A lot of the different organisations we've been in, DCMS and AIF, and and you know all the bigger players. You know, everyone's everyone's eager and keen to get events back for 2021. You know, and, and with a good win behind us and everybody sort of playing the part, you know, there's every chance that's going to happen. So we're more yeah, confident think, about it now than we have been in the last six months. I think festivals next year are going to be totally different to how they've been previously. I think everyone's festivals next year is going to be like that first festival where they're like, yeah. oh my god, this is... Because I think the thing is, at the moment, I would see anybody live. I don't care who it is. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, even 30 Seconds to Mars, you know. <laughs> if you had to. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I think, like, you know, that, I think we're all on, like, people like us who, who do go to a lot of gigs and festivals and stuff. It's yeah. like one of those things where you just... You know, it's like a dog who's like waiting for you to throw a ball, and it's like, when can we go? When can we go? And as soon as that ball's gone, like you know, it's like we're, I'm going, and like again, like as soon as everyone's safe to do so, it's going to be like, yeah, you know, I, I personally am looking forward to that first gig. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 back end of the calendar with being August for for festivals, so there's there's a lot of of learning to to sort of happen from kind of May June onwards, really, as to sort of what is the right and wrong thing to do, I guess. You know, so we'll we'll take a lot of those learnings as as we kind of go through 2021. Uh, I, I really agree. I think a lot of people are still going to be very tentative uh, about you know attending events. They can't be they can't be social distance festivals. Can't because no. it's not a festival. Then it's not it's not the not it's not what you're paying for. It's not the experience. You know, we've got to have the processes and the protocols and the mindsets in place between organisers and fans to keep the festival as close as possible to the experience that it's been while being mindful about the fact that we've got to do certain things maybe a little bit differently. Yeah, um, so will you guys and the team like go to other festivals and just sort of like, you know, learn with them and see how, how they go about it? Because as you said, you are, you are like in August, obviously there's loads of festivals that come before you guys. Yeah. So will you guys be going to other festivals and like seeing how they work? Is that something you're able to do? Yeah. And like yeah, learn absolutely. from them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're part of the UFF across Europe, so you know, we, we talk, we, we talk, and we have been talking all the way through this year with, um, you know, a lot of our peers, uh, you know, we, we're friends with the guys that download, and we talk to them all the time, um, you know, we talk to, to sort of a lot, you know, a lot of the other events, similar size, stock smaller, bigger, um, and also not just metal and rock festivals, but, but as part of the AIF, there's a whole host of, of independent events that we talk to, and everybody's got an idea, you know, about what it's going to be, and, and uh, you know, nobody wants to do the minimum amount. Everybody wants to do, and the mindset from an organizer's perspective is to do the right amount to keep the fans safe. So, you know, we will sort of see how the next couple of months go with, with the vaccine rollouts. Because ultimately, the biggest the biggest risk factor are, are those people with underlying health problems and, and the elderly and, and the frontline workers. You know, if the vaccinations come along and people embrace those and we can protect that vulnerable element of society... We can return to a to a sort of as close to normal as possible a lot quicker, and I think that's that's kind of really what we're waiting to see happen over the next sort of month or two as um, things become more more clear. I'd say I've, so. I've got a, I've got a question here, and I've been dying to ask this question for ages. Um, I always try and break the fourth wall if you can. If you can't, it's cool. Nicest guy in metal who everyone thinks wouldn't be nice. <laughs> so uh, so uh, someone is that an easy one. Easy yeah, one for me. Go Dave was saying, really? Okay. Oh, Dave, Dave he's, he's had a bad rap, um, yeah. you know, and I, I don't mind mentioning this because everyone says, you know, oh, you know, got to be careful, you have to watch what you're saying and everything else like that. 
He's, we've had him a couple of times at Bloodstock, and he's by far one of the easiest to get along with, nicest guys that has a rap for being Yeah, yeah, hot. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Denver, there's a lot, a lot of nice people. You know, Ian Hill mm. in Priest, you know, absolutely amazing guy, super, super nice. Devin Townsend, super nice. The guys in Parkway, amazing. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of guys are really cool, but the ones that have a bad rap, I would say Dave Mustaine to me is, is one of the nicest blokes I've ever met. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to is, is expectation and deliverance. Yeah, of course. You know, if, if you're asking someone to do a show for you and, and they've got requirements and you can meet those requirements, and I've got to say, Megadeth weren't excessive in anything they asked for at all. They were very modest in what they asked for. Um, but but they, they were so super cool. Absolutely super cool. No problems at all. So for me, awesome. yeah. yeah. Nice. Awesome stuff. Um, out. Yeah, I was. Um, Sorry, I was gonna. I was gonna ask a question, but I thought maybe no. I don't know whether we should. Okay, so um, how difficult and how happy were you when you got Judas Priest a couple of years later back and got them back again? Because yeah, no, look. I think the thing is, Bloodstock's an independent festival, and it's it's mm. very very difficult for independent events to gather um, credibility. I think yeah. when, when you start hitting that next tier of, of bigger artists, you know, and, and luckily enough, um, the agent that, that looks after Priest, you know, again another great guy. Um, he he'd been the previous year with another band of his, and it was the first time he'd been, and he's seen Bloodstock seventeen years in, sixteen seventeen years in. Yeah, um, and. You know, had a good walk around, we left him to it. And, and was the same as everybody else when they came, was actually really pleasantly surprised how great the event was. Um, so it kind of went with his sort of stamp and footprint that, you know, yeah, it's a good event. When Priest came first time and we did get them, and we were, we were bouncing for joy because it had been that, that unicorn band that we'd been trying for for so many years that we could never make work for one reason or another. Um, and when they played, it was, you know, we made sure we... Yeah, just delivered what we what we said we would. They put on an amazing show, which was great. Um, and it was the it was just right for fifty years of Greece. Yeah. It's got to be Bloodstock because it's you know it's local to them for for where they live because they're all local lads as well. You know, and and I think the audience deserve a headline set for fifty years for Greece. Definitely. I, I'm yeah, it's going to be. A- Go on, Andy. Sorry. I was going to say it's going to be a wild way to end the the, the your twentieth year. 50 years of Judas Priest on the Sunday, ending it like that, I think it's just going to be an absolute party. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Just before Priest, you've got 40 years of Saxon. Saxon, yeah, yeah. So it's a year yeah. kind of anniversary, really. I was going to say, um, I <laughs> I do feel so sorry for Judas Priest, because they have had a real... All they've wanted to do is tour with Ozzy and do that tour, and yeah. it's just been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. <laughs> so I've just got images and visions in my head of them walking along going, Yes! We're on a stage. <laughs> we can play. I think every band's going to do that next year. I think every band's going to yeah, go. Definitely. Yeah. You know, not being, I mean, we talk to the bands as well, and they're frustrated. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, that's their earnings. They don't earn anything if they're not out touring. Um, you know, because nobody buys CDs and records anymore. Everybody either downloads it or pirates it or whatever they do. You know, so touring and shows is how, is how bands make a living. And if there's no tours, there's no shows. The bands don't earn, stage peak guys don't earn, all the back end staff don't earn, all the guys that support everything don't earn. You know, it's a, it's a massive, massive sector of, of the population that, that physically have been wiped out this year for any potential earnings. It's really tough. Yeah, and it's like this podcast, because Matt's like, obviously, this podcast, it was born out of like the lockdown. You know, it was something like to do because obviously, like, and like, because I joined the podcast uh, later on, Matt started it with uh, Reese. Um, and yeah, I mean, this, this was born out of lockdown. Uh, because and that's a good well, thing. I mean, that, that's a great thing. I think it's allowing people in certain aspects when there isn't anything else to do to maybe develop and do something a bit different. You know, it'd be great to see those success stories that do come from the unfortunate events of, of COVID because I think there will be some great things that come from it. There'll be a lot of bad that comes from which we know. But to get any sort of any sort of green shoots of success, I think, is a great thing. Yeah. So, um, what? So, the, obviously, Bloodstock is your full-time job, right? Yeah. Is that the okay? case? What do you do on the day to day? How does it? How? Because obviously the festival right. for the majority of people is the four and now five days for next year, but yeah. obviously it is a twenty twenty four hour seven day week thing for you. So how how is that every day? It used to be. I mean, you know, as, as we sort of grew, we all had day jobs. You know, we we worked sort of Monday to Friday and and 
nine to five jobs, and you know, Vicky still does. Vicky still got a day job. You know, myself and Rachel that really work on it full time now. Yeah. Um, when there's a festival on, it's actually very busy because you've got yeah, all the planning with health and safety and and you know, um, licensing and, and structures and fire and medical and everything else. Um, working with the likes of SC Productions to do all the, the sort of back end side of it, and then bringing in in sort of differences, something a bit new, something a bit quirky. You know, what can we do to change it up that makes it better but doesn't detract from from what, you know what we've done. So it's, it's it's doing that. It takes roughly about sixteen months to put an event on from start to finish. Wow. So you're kind of working on the following year's event, probably yeah. three or four months before that year yeah. event it actually takes place. You've already started. You know, Vicky's already got bands booked for twenty two. Any of the mention? Worth an ask. Yeah, you know Let's just hope twenty one gets there on the way first. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. Quite a lot of work. I mean, you get, you get the downtimes, and it's it's been a harder one this year because we've had to think differently. Yeah. Um, with there being no no event, so we've had you know like we did the EMFA show, which we we kind of came up with that idea with the other European festivals, the Bloodstock Born Initiative, that yeah. that everybody embraced within the EMFA, and and you know that that was great to do. Um, and and we're looking all the time at doing doing different things. You know, we've got a Twitch channel that we just started. Yeah, we're just starting that. now. That's now starting. We're starting to gain the content for that, um, and add little bits to that. You know, it's not all about gaming. There's a bit of gaming, but it's it's interviews. Simon's doing some stuff. We've got um, uh, Alfie and Ellie doing uh, from the Lost Boys doing a guitar. You know, teaching people how to play guitar on a Thursday evening. So there's, there's there's lots of different things we're trying to do and develop to sort of keep, I think, relevant. Which is probably yeah, what everybody definitely. Wants to do, yeah. Right? That's awesome. I think festivals reacted very well to to the whole situation. Like I know, obviously, you guys and download like you guys put on a load of ba- uh, a lot of footage that had never been seen before. And I think like someone who obviously missed uh, might have missed certain years and stuff. And you see, are uh, like you know, there's a lot of stuff that's on YouTube. But I I personally hate watching um, yeah. fans being filmed on. Uh, he says that as a as a festival blogger, <laughs> and I have filmed it, but. But it's when people film whole gigs, and I'm like, one, how are you enjoying that yourself? Yeah. Two, people behind you can't see it, and it just looks rubbish. And it just looks rubbish. So I think yeah. I appreciated seeing like loads of uh, footage from from sets and stuff that I hadn't actually seen before because they weren't on like yeah. the, the usual highlights and things. So that was yeah. uh, that was really good. And I, I think like I think the whole music industry in that regard really re- reacted well to it. Yeah, I think I think that became important. You know, you know, with what we put out, I think most of the stuff we put out um, hadn't been seen before. There were there was with the EMFA show that we did, the majority of that was actually recorded specifically for the EMFA. So why people were were on lockdown? You know, they were doing it in in studio locally to them, or um, they're doing it from the homes and sort of mixing it together and stuff like that. So there's a lot of good good stuff that came out of it like that, which was great. You know, and I think from from a band's perspective as well. They've done that to support the events, which has been great for us. And that's that's the first time you've kind of seen events and, and artists and crews and everybody actually working together in this in this kind of joint collaboration where we're all trying to survive. You know, so, so that that was that was lovely to see this year. You know, it really really put a smile on a lot of people's faces and that was all the way across Europe, which was great. Yeah. Do you um do you obviously I know you guys are obviously insanely busy when the festival's on. Do you get to see much of the bands, much of the action, or are you guys all um, stuck behind the scenes and things? No, we get we get we get to see bits. I mean, normally you know we the best we get to do is sort of creep down to the the pit and have a look from the pit. Like it, as much as people think, well, I'd love to be on stage with that band. You can't hear anything and you can't see no. anything because a lot of the sets are sort of close sets or there's there's fire. You've got you've got to stand far back. Sound is thrown forward from the stage, so you can't you can't enjoy the music at all if you're on stage. Great yeah, yeah, I, I was standing near, you know, X, yeah. Y, and Z, but it's actually probably one of the worst positions to be if you want to sort of see a band. Yeah, I've been on stage with Barry tomorrow uh, on their stage invasion tour, and they played yeah. like half the set, and like they'd all the whole crowd got up, and I was like, it's a really cool, unique situation to be in, yeah. but like. I couldn't have told you from the point I got on the stage what any of the songs they played were from that point. I just could all I could hear was the drums, and yeah. like I was like, it was really cool. You know, it was a really cool one-off thing. And I have seen Barry tomorrow, and obviously they're playing next year as well. Yeah, but yeah, it's I much preferred seeing them from from the stage because yeah. like I just you know I said it was cool for a one-off thing being on being on stage with them. But other than that, I'd yeah I'd much rather be in the on the front uh, there. We're the same. 
you know, we want to be out, out in the front where we can do. So we will sort of go, like I said, myself and Rachel and Vicky will join us occasionally. And we'll go for a walk, you know, and, and sort of have a look around the stores, have a look around the campsites, go across the stages. And not just the main stage, we go to New Blood, we go to Sophie, we go to Jaeger, you know, and, 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 you know, we'll have a good look around sort of the whole site. But there's always bands, like everyone's got sort of bands they really want to see. Uh, but more often than not, we get to see maybe one or two tracks and, and then the radio goes and we've got to shoot off and, you know, so if, if, if you had to choose, uh, and Archie, or do you, what is your, um, what is your go-to festival food? What, what, is, your, what, is, your, what is your food truck? Yeah, it's Noodle Barn for me. Yeah? Oh. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're fortunate enough, we've got backstage food. We, we, you know, we, ah. we eat the same as the crew eat and everything. We, we've got crew catering. Fantastic but, stuff. You know, I, I do sort of sneak out into the front, and, and yeah, beef noodles is is my thing. You, know, so. you have to have noodles at a festival; it's just the law, or else you're not doing it properly, are you? No, 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 no. <laughs> noodles and noodles and whatever. But funny enough, one thing we don't do is we don't ever drink. Uh, well, you never have a drink. Drinking on the job. <laughs> <laughs> you think yourself, oh, it must be easy. You know, you've got the bars and all. Yeah. Never drop. Again, Will did it one year. You know, and I think he had a pint and a half. Yeah, and it was Saturday night, and bear in mind we've been there the you know a full week pretty much already for the festival. And a pint and a half, and he was absolutely wasted. <laughs> he was so tired and exhausted. The beer yes. hit him immediately, um, and, and literally was was a blubbering mess. You know, <laughs> I'm glad you've mentioned bars because Bloodstock has got one of the best bar selection at a festival in terms yeah. of you do because you know obviously you've got your standard. Uh, sponsor beer, Carlsberg, Carling, wherever it may be every year, uh, and then they're fine. But then you've got all your craft beers and your ales, and it's yeah. you know when when you're you know obviously a lot of people go to festivals to get drunk and drink and have a good time. Yeah. Drinking one in particular thing the whole weekend can get real boring. So like to switch it up is really really nice. So I personally well, I don't yeah. drink much, much cider. But I've got massive on cider at Bloodstock because you've got loads. Good. And I'm like, I'll have one of them. I'll have one of them. No, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, in the VIP, we've got we have 100, about 120 different sort of ales and ciders in there. Mm. Um, and then the main bars, they used to be a little bit more restricted, but we've started over the last sort of, three or four years adding a lot more variety into the main bars as well. So there's probably about 30, 40 yeah. different options to choose from in the main bars now. Um, and, and again, that's just, that's just something that we wanted to bring in because it's a case of. Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to go away for a weekend, I'm going to spend my hard-earned money, I want to have choice, I want to have quality, I want a proper serve beer. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to have been warm standing for the last sort of you know, hour for somebody to come and get it's been multi-poured. You know, yeah. So everything is poured fresh and it's chilled and, and it's exactly how it should be. You want a good yeah, as, a, as an ale drinker, I definitely appreciated that because it's... Because yeah. uh, like, like Matt said, it's like when you're stood in the field for ages, especially if the weather's a bit rubbish, which isn't so bad for you guys because you are in August, but like, but even then, like, like a nice cold refreshing ale for me is, and like, yeah. there's a band on the stage, that's just like the festival sort of, yeah, that's that's it for me. So to have ale on, on uh, available easily, which is the important yeah. thing, is uh, that's always, always uh, goes down well for me. Got to be done. And, it, and you know, and that's where pricing comes becomes important as well. You know, it's also having it's great to have, have great quality beer on, but that that's got a company with a great price. Yeah. You know, and, and we try and keep the price as, as moderate as possible. Um, you know, bear in mind we're having to bring the like the entire infrastructure for a bar into a field, yeah, which comes at, at a cost, at quite a significant cost. So, you know, for us, we we took the decision again earlier on, keep the prices as as keen as we can do, because people will buy more. You know, yeah, if prices is, isn't extortionate, people are going to think, you know what, I'll actually pay. You know, four pound or four pound fifty for a proper pint. And I'm not, and, uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying people at um, Bloodstock do this, but other festivals, I'm using quotation marks, will try and smuggle beer into the festival. But at the end of the day, if your prices, uh, you know, like they are, they're, you know, like you say, really fair for the quality of beer you're getting and the rest of it, people are less likely to do it because they think, well, you know what, yeah. they've, they've made their effort to do good quality beer and pour it properly and it's cold. I'm going to pay for it, you know, so why, yeah. it just makes sense, doesn't it? It's like people will always do it, you know, yeah, and, and they'll, always try, they'll always try and do it, you know, we, we, we know they do it at Bloodstock, you know, I've walked around before thinking, that's not been served in the Maria Arena. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, security are told to check, and, no, and of course. <laughs> they're not going to get everybody, because people are quite inventive with, with you know, the yeah. sort of compartments in the, the false wooden leg and stuff that there's <laughs> a box, you know, <laughs> you know it's... <laughs> It's one of those things that we sort of say, you know, work with us, support the events, support the people that work in the events, and, 
and you know we'll do what we can do to deliver a good event with good prices on as much as we can do for everybody and a great choice i have to say i i had a very i don't know it was it was a weird moment i thought i was dreaming to be honest with you and i have to say because it's just really funny so it was sunday night last year um scorpions had just finished and i i'm i'm so i'm 27 but i've got the body of a 40 year old i'm like headlines acts over i'm having a beer then i'm going to bed that's it me done and i woke up about 2 a.m and bear in mind we were camping in ragnarok for those yeah, of you yeah. that's that's the quiet camp and yeah. midgard how far would you midgard's way about five minute walk something like that what, from from the arena no from um ragnarok Oh, yeah, three, four yeah. minutes tops, really. Yeah, so <laughs> I woke up to what I can only describe as what would sound like an army coming over the hill, just <laughs> shouting, we want bins. We And honestly, I yeah. woke up, and I said, am I dreaming that? And I went, guys, like, around me, like, can anyone else hear that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what the hell is yeah, going that, on? <laughs> that's that's the bin jousters. I mean, we, we started this years ago. Um, where they basically grab the big bins and they basically have one at one end of the field, one at the other end, somebody riding on the top, and then loads of people pushing them either side. You know, and, and in principle, great fun. Great, <laughs> great fun. However, extremely dangerous. Yeah, I was about to say, we don't endorse it at all. <laughs> no, you know, we had a guy two years ago who came, and I think he'd, he'd been in the festival probably 25 <clears> minutes, <throat> and ended up bin jousting, he was on top. And then spent the entire weekend with three breaks on his leg in hospital. Oh, so I missed the whole festival. Yeah. You know, so it, it is dangerous. So we've tried taking the wheels off them. We've tried chaining them. We've done so many different things. Uh, and they all seem to find a way, you know, to take the wheels off. Well, we'll just get more people to push. You know, it's, yeah. it's bizarre. The thing is, we're trying to think of diff- different ways to keep people entertained. They're very inoffensive, though, aren't they? The a smell oh, heads. Like, you, you'll see them walking around in made to like armor out of strongbow boxes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that won't protect you. But the thing, I mean, I, I had to go down myself a couple of years ago and actually take one of the bins off them because. Oh my god! It was late at night. It was really late at night. I think it was about one in the morning. I've been there since sort of seven o'clock that that morning anyway, and it was I think it was Friday or Saturday night. And I got a call through, and I said, "No, I'll take a walk down." And, and me and one other guy. And I, and I just said, guys, really sorry, mate. You can't have these bins. I'm taking them off you. And it's the most intimidating thing I've probably ever done with respect to feeling intimidated because you're talking to a few hundred people, absolutely hammered, and you're taking off them their toys. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, wow. And all I got was boo. I got a few boos and that was it. And I thought, you know what? I've actually escaped really, really well. From <laughs> so I was quite fortunate that they, they were quite forgiving with it. So, yeah. That's brilliant. I will say just one thing about like um, one of the thing about the things you do for fans at, uh, at Bloodstock that I've always really appreciated is the way you announce bands. I love the fact that you actually announce like next year's. I know you did it with Emperor, you did it with Gajira last year, I believe, or the year before last. Sorry, yeah. uh, when you announced Gajira at the festival, and I think that's yeah. a really fantastic thing. And I remember um, in 2012 when you announced Machine Head, and I remember I was actually at Download on the Wednesday because you always you said you were going to announce it on the sixth of the sixth at six pm. Yeah. And we were at download at the time, and it was absolutely pouring down. We didn't know who this last headliner was going to be. And like, it got to like 6 o'clock, and all we could hear, like right across the whole of download, was, oh, my God, Machine Head are playing Bloodstock, and they're playing at Bloodstock. And I thought that was really cool that, like, you. you know, the way you always, like, sort of uh, announce bands, and it's, there's not much fanfare about it. Like I said, like, I think announcing a band at uh, headliners at a festival for next year, I always think that's a fantastic thing. I'd love to see more of it because – and I know – Logistically, it's not always possible. You know, there might be things that they're holding off on. There might be a tour and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's always appreciated because it, it gets you excited for next year and you leave. Well, and you does. go, I'm coming back next year without doubt. Well, this is the whole point we do it. You know, it's one of those times that you think to yourself, if you're going to announce a band, you announce it when people are having an amazing time at the event because they're already hyped, they're already buzzed, they want to get straight back and they're really sad when it's over. So if we can get bands locked in, we do, and if we can announce them physically, we will. Um, so we won't sort of hold off on bands from announcing, and you know, because well, we don't want to do it. We want to keep you waiting. We want the bands out there as soon as possible, and usually it's down to contracts or, as you said, you know, forthcoming tours that that we can't step on the toes of, or whatever else. So the only reasons that we hold off on bands. But again, you know, we, we're booking bands. So we've already got a few bands booked for 22 now, but even going into 22, we'll still be booking bands for 22. So it's such a big process, and bands are dropping in all the time. 
And that's the reason we tend to announce them in sort of fours and fives and threes and fours, is because we're announcing them as they're coming in. So rather than just sort of keep them sort of stockpiled for a later time, we're kind of doing it as soon as we can do it. And that's the thing as well. But as a ticket buyer, you want to know, don't you? You want to know who's playing. Yeah, oh, yeah so definitely. We, we had that. I had the same thing. So my first year was uh, 17, and I went with um, my best friend because she was a massive fan of Modern Math. And we yeah. went, and um, when you announced the Gojira train, just the roar of, appro- of yeah. approval from the crowd. And I turned to her, well, I'm coming next year. That's my, <laughs> yeah. that's my ticket sold there and then. Um, just a quick one, a, a super niche one on that. Are you guys planning to put the uh, set on YouTube for the Gojira one? Do you oh. know? Uh, no, we are doing. The, what happens a lot with this stuff, mm. and it, it, I'm sort of waiting on the band at the moment on this one. Um, not going to go with that. Obviously, no, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, year no. it's been, been really tough for everybody with, with people being sort of furloughed and whatever else. Yeah. But they've got a, they're mixing the sound. Ah, right, okay, for sure. that, Because what happened is when they play Bloodstock, they're on a big, the big sort of World War Tour, World Tour, not World War, World Tour anyway. Yeah. So you've kind of got, got to wait for the tour to finish, and then you've got to get them, sure. you know, they have a bit of downtime, then they've got to go back to the studio. And there's such a long process in, in getting all of this stuff done that it has to be whitelisted with the labels and everything else. So some stuff you can get up very quickly, mm. depending on what the band's doing and what the sound's doing. Um, you know, we multi-track all the sounds, so most of the time, because again, bands have got a certain ear that they like their music a certain yeah, way. Of course. You know, we provide them with a multi-track, and then they'll mix that audio, so it's it's you know, presenting the band in the best possible light, which is what they want. You know, But it's not auto-tuned, it's just... They're, they're making sure that we're, you know, we're getting the right tone on the drums, the right tone on the guitars, the right tone on the bass and the vocals, and everything's mixed, you know, correctly to give a good experience for everyone. I was going to say, for for those that haven't already, go and definitely check out the Bloodstock YouTube channel because some of the stuff on there is brilliant, and all of it is mixed to like it's like you're there, you know. And yeah. um, I was going to say, so obviously it is happening August, and obviously you're pretty lucky, touch wood, with all the weather and things, but um. <laughs> One of my absolute highlights of the three years I've gone was Cannibal Corpse. Because the best thing was, Vicky put on, on Facebook, come in your Hawaiian shirts because of yeah. the Jim Carrey movie, and it just chucked it down. It hammered it down for an entire hour. And there's just yeah. metalheads in Hawaiian shirts, and it's pissing with rain. And I'm not yeah. the biggest Cannibal Corpse fan, but I, I'm a mass fan of Gojira. So I stood at the barrier... And I'm just laughing because I'm like, this is great. Like, there's people <laughs> yeah. flying over my head. I'm drenched in a Hawaiian shirt going, what is going on? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, I think, and that's the great thing. The fans the fans just want to have a laugh. They want to enjoy yeah. themselves. You know, and if we yeah, we don't want to be automatons and sort of sit there and, and you know, you've got to do everything a certain way. You know, we're, we're going for a laugh as much as anybody is. So, you know, let's enjoy ourselves. It's a weekend or five days now, as it'll be in 2021, where mm. you want to just go and have just a wild time. You know, safely, of course. Yeah, of course. And that's what we want. Yeah. I was going to say, we're coming up to about the hour mark, so I'm going to start to round things up, because obviously uh, you've got things to do and things, and uh, I don't want to take too much of your time. But, no um, yeah, what can we expect in 2021? Obviously, touching wood, it all goes ahead, as we were hoping, plan it does. Well, we've, I mean, we've got lots of things happening. We've got a new gaming arena that we're bringing in uh, for 2021, because, you know, again, the metal community, there's a, there's a big gaming arena sort of mm. community within that. You know, I do myself. Um, so there's, the, there's that we're bringing in, um, obviously all the beers and the, the ales, we've got an extra day, so there's a yeah. load more bands on three stages, I think it's only um, the main stage that's not open on the Wednesday, Thursday, I'm but excited for all the stages are, which is great, and that, you know, the thing we did with that, that was no cost to the fans, it wasn't mm. low for the price, yeah. that was just, look, we've had a really crap 2020 with no shows, let's make sure 21, we just have a mental time, you know, and, that, and that's what we wanted to be, I think. I think anybody really, rather than sort of going to the specifics on what's going to be unique to Bloodstock, I just think having Bloodstock be unique to Bloodstock for yeah. 21. You know, we want shows, we want them to start as soon as they can, as safely as they can, and and just let's let's look back on 2020 with, you know, closed eyes and, and sort of look the other <laughs> way, I think, really, for the right thing to do, and, and just, just get back to shows as quick as we can, you know, and as safely as we can. I was going to yeah, say, definitely. I was going sorry, I was sorry, I would raise a, raise a beer to um, Bloodstock in 20 years because it's been fucking great so far and here's to the next 20. Oh, thank you. Have you yeah, anything yeah. else to add, Andy? Yeah, so uh, as a, like, when I, I came on this uh, podcast as a guest initially, I was actually the first guest and then I just, I just stayed. Um, that's how I got married as well, I guess. Um, 
basically, so I was asked this question. All our guests get asked this one question. There's no like no explanation needs or anything. Just it's, answer it's the how question. how we end the podcast. Yeah, so we are coming to the end now. So basically, what is your controversial music opinion? My controversial music opinion? Yeah. You need to give an example now. Okay, so... so <laughs> Andy's, Andy's one was Deftones Aren't That Great, which I basically... Okay. I basically walked off the podcast at that point. Um, <laughs> my one, I ne- I nearly didn't. I didn't air it. I said some very profound things about the Beatles that weren't very kind, um, and I said I can't put that out there because I'll get shot. Um, so what? So are you taking a popular opinion, and what's your unpopular opinion? My well, for metal for metal fans, I personally think Kylie Minogue's amazing. <laughs> I, I, amazing. I, 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 really nice. <laughs> I think Kylie Minogue is amazing. Yeah, awesome great singer and, and just a lovely person with it as well. I think she's got the full package when it comes to that type of music. And it's good. The fact is, as you know, metal fans, we can have a diverse view and a diverse view on different genres of music. Yeah, good or bad, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Right. So we're going to do the the one thing we called the fake goodbye. So we're going to say bye, <laughs> but we're going to stay on the line just for a second so I can explain a couple of things to you if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Cool. Right. Thank you, Adam, for everything. You are an absolute star. Thank you, Andy, as always. We will see you in the next one. Bye for now, peeps. See you later. Bye. Bye.